listening to Everyday Engineering, the City of Madison's engineering podcast where we talk about infrastructure. Complex topics explained simply. From the water that flows down your drain to the rain and snow that drains into the lakes. By way, the curbs and streets we design. City engineering touches your life in so many ways. Explained right now in Everyday Engineering. We've introduced you to so many people so far as guests on Everyday Engineering, but now we want to introduce a new segment that shares what went into getting here, and maybe, just maybe, it'll help you plan your path forward. Life's Blueprint, an episode focusing on the career journey of one of our staff members in the engineering division to share more about them, how they got here, and hopefully some information on how to move into a career in this industry. My name is Hannah Molinitsky, City of Madison Engineering Division Public Information Officer. I lead communications for our division, and I also get to know all of our staff, sections, and managers, which is kind of where this idea for this new segment came from. There are so many paths in our engineering division, street design, water quality, construction management, building design, mapping, operational maintenance, construction inspection, and of course, can't forget Stormwater, so many opportunities for different careers. Which brings us to Phil Gabler, a water resource engineer here in the City of Madison Engineering Division. And of course, Phil, thank you so much for being here. Hi, Hannah. Thanks for having me. Yes. <laughs> you are a familiar voice on our podcast, speaking as an expert on everything stormwater, leaves, salt, watershed, impact, all things storm. But you weren't always an expert, Phil. I always build you up. I'm going to knock you down a little bit. No, I, I just mean, where did you get this idea or interest in this field? So I think there's two key moments in my life where I decided I wanted to be a, a water resource engineer. So one, I grew up on a river in that flat state to the south, Illinois, uh, <laughs> and it was the Fox River in Illinois. And as a kid growing up, my parents were like, don't touch the water and i love to fish so i was always fishing in there and you know and then they're like well you can touch the water but don't open your eyes in the water i was like well why not they're like it's really polluted and oh. you know looking back now I've, I've done a little research and there's 28 wastewater treatment plants upstream of my house on the fox river and so whoa whoa, whoa. 28 28 right and these people are you know taking groundwater drinking it going to the bathroom gets processed gets cleaner and then it goes into the river and like you know they had different levels of efficiency and then there's also all the storm water that comes in that brings a lot of pollution and a lot of farms and so the fox river is relatively polluted and it's improved dramatically from when i was a child right <laughs> clean water act is doing its thing but growing up on a river where you're like oh like why are there only carp in this river oh you know yeah uh, you then learn that now there's all sorts of species of fish and it's much healthier. And then I went to the University of Illinois. And while I was there, I was an intern at the U.S. Geological Survey. And we did a 50-stream synaptic. So we went to 50 streams in two weeks. And we wow. assessed them for all of their biologic health and everything from scraping bugs off of rocks to measuring algae, how much muck is in the bottom, water quality samples, all this stuff. And it was in and around the Chicagoland area. And you just saw this huge discrepancy between some streams that were pretty darn healthy to other ones where nothing lived in them other than bacteria and algae mm -hmm. and leeches. And those are like 
Yuck. You're like, oh, this is disgusting. Like, right. clearly people are doing things differently. Yes. And there's a lot of room for improvement. Mm -hmm. And so it was during that time I was like, oh, I think I really want to focus on water and urban water management and water quality work. Wow. So thank goodness little Phil opened his eyes. Well, hopefully you didn't open your eyes underwater. Only once. <laughs> Only once. <laughs> I can still see. Right, yes. Um, but, you know, and that you took interest in that. And it can be something so simple like that and jumpstart you into a career in stormwater and water resources like you have. So, okay, so you moved, you went to college. So four-year, four-year? So I went, yep, I went to the University of Illinois okay. in Champaign, sure. uh, Champaign-Urbana, and there I was in agricultural engineering. Okay. And, and part of this is that... Was that I mean, your major? That was my major, was agricultural engineering, and that has a, a focus. And my focus was a little odd. It was actually on kind of indoor air quality for confined agriculture, because I didn't really know what I was doing at that point. Hadn't had the USGS internship <laughs> yet. And... Right. Um, a strange, you know, one of my jobs, I was on a working for a graduate student and I was testing swine odor. Um, oh. So it was my job to set up all the sampling equipment in and outside of the pig barn and fill up bags of stinky air. And then <laughs> there was actually, we used, a, we used fancy equipment that looked at all the chemical signatures. And then we also had a panel of people who happened to be all women because women have better senses of smell. And they would rate the the stink offense, factor. The stink factor, I guess, is the best word. <laughs> the smelly level. The yeah. smell level, and we would try to correlate that to what the chemical signature was. And then we had a big filter that would take the stinky air and then run it through corn cobs that had bacteria growing on them, and that would hopefully eat some of the odor. And then we'd have the measure the other bag. Yes. Wow. So I went from that job to the USGS job, so it was a pretty good upgrade because... <laughs> well, to going from that stinky smell level to checking out the mucky muck streams? Huge upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll take your word. I'll take your word on that one. Um, wow. But, how? I mean, incredible learning opportunities on both. Yeah. Uh, the, the swine odor job was pretty much as gross. <laughs> okay. And you probably needed to shower for a few days after that. Yep. Or maybe a year. Okay. Um, so, okay, so you go through. So I, I, I want to paint this this path because it is life's blueprint. Like, it was now it's a blue. It, it might have been maybe a sketch, you yeah. know, at that point. Um, but you slowly, be, the blueprint becomes more secure and stable and in stone and the ink dries or whatever we use to put that together um but you know at that point you know you're kind of unsure and you're doing these things to try to figure out what you are truly passionate about and then you do your internship and then what happens uh so i didn't want to stay in champaign urbana why you know <laughs> it's an island amongst the cornfields but you know i was maybe a little bit arrogant and i was like oh well, i'm gonna go out and save the world with my engineering degree you're so smart and yeah <laughs> so i ended up in you know uh my my girlfriend now wife like we moved to chicago because sure. you know we were from the chicagoland area we wanted yep. to live in the city so we're doing that yeah it turns out the engine agricultural engineering degree didn't 
carry as much weight as I'd thought in Chicago. So I ended up being a like an environmental compliance technician for a company that helped indus- industrial like users in the Chicago area meet all of their requirements for discharging to the wastewater treatment plant, which basically means I was sampling the wastewater out of all the factories in Chicago. Holy moly. Which is also another disgusting job. So <laughs> my friends always joked about how, like, well, Phil just takes jobs where he's dealing with, like, human excrement. Like, this, <laughs> oh, here's a job where there's there's feces involved. I bet Phil wants that job. Yeah, well, someone's got to do it. And they do. And it's good to have somebody who knows. So I had the south side of Chicago route. So everything from, like, the steel mills in Gary, Indiana to mm-hmm. the... Coca-Cola factory where they make, you know, the craft gummy bears, ice cream, all sorts of nasty chemical factories, uh, corn products that processes most of the corn in the Midwest sure. into cornmeal and cornstarch. I'd go there on my route and I'd set up sampling equipment. We'd collect all these samples, bring them back to the lab, and then people would show that they were in compliance so that the wastewater treatment plant in Chicago could take their wastewater. And that's a lot. Chicago's big. Well, it's one of the largest wastewater treatment plants in the world. And um, that job uh, was also pretty rough. And there's a lot of driving, and driving to Chicago is hard. Yeah. And that was really good motivation to go to grad school, which brought me to Madison. <laughs> so then, okay, so how do you decide as, you know, you, you went to school for engineering, agricultural Agriculture, say it again. Agricultural engineering. Yes. Now it's called biological systems engineering. Oh, okay. Little, there you go. Upgrade there a yeah. little bit, just to make it sound more technical. Um, but there, so you, you go and then, you know, you take that job. And, you know, I think a lot, of, I don't know how common this is in, in the world of engineers to decide to go to grad school or not. Like what? Does that crossroads happen in the journey sometimes for engineers? I think a lot of it depends on the which style of engineering you're, you're picking, right? Sure. So computer engineering, I think a lot of times your bachelor's is enough. You end up, a lot of it is learn on the job stuff. Same with civil engineering. And a lot of civil engineers kind of organically grow into water resource engineers within their firm. Mm. Um I felt like I wasn't quite getting my foot in the door with my agricultural engineering degree in the urban environment. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to go back and get a degree in civil engineering with a focus on water resources. And uh, Madison has a great program in that. Mm -hmm. And that's how I ended up here. Sure. So how you ended up here. So you were just here and then took a job here at the same time? Or how did that work? No, so I applied to graduate school and got in. Um, but without funding, and then I found a research assistantship. So I was doing research while in graduate school that paid for my tuition, gave me a small stipend to survive on. And then, um, (laughs) you know, it took me a little longer than normal. Uh, You know, (laughs) my my wife finished her PhD in the time that I finished my (laughs) master's. Um, It was just that last final report that had to be written. Sure, Uh, of course. And then but you I'd, waited I'd, until the last minute. Well, no, no, no. I'd started. I'd started working. Like I was done with all of my coursework, so I was like, took a full time job. And then you're like, oh, I'll just write this on nights and weekends. And then you're like, I don't feel like doing that anymore. No. But eventually, it happened. Okay, that's good. And <laughs> clearly. All right. So now I had my my water research, my master's in 
civil engineering, water resources, and was working for a small firm in Madison. Mm -hmm. And then some of us might remember that housing bubble pop. Oh, yeah. yeah. That. That kind of hit the development community pretty hard, which mm -hmm. was most of my work. Sure. And so then I took a job change, with, which brought us back to Chicago. Oh. Yeah. But this time I was working for a large, you know, 30,000 person civil engineering firm mm -hmm. um, in the loop in Chicago. So I didn't have to drive, which was one of my requirements for moving back to Chicago. And until this point, you had not worked for the city of Madison yet, correct? Nope. Okay. Continue. And I'm a, I'm a, I was a consultant for uh, this large civil engineering firm. Mm -hmm. Almost all of my work was working with the city of Chicago working on stormwater and uh, combined sewer overflow issues and basement backups and things like that. So I spent four years doing that. Can you just quickly clarify what a combined sewer versus what we have? Oh yeah, so Madison, our water from your toilet goes in one pipe and goes to the wastewater treatment plant. All the water that falls in the street and goes into those grates on the side of the road, that goes into a storm sewer that goes hopefully through a detention basin and then into the lake sure and then okay so that's separate correct yeah and in chicago all of that's just in one pipe Oof. right and everything goes to the wastewater treatment plant mm -hmm. which is good until that pipe gets full because then you have raw sewage and storm water which have mixed together and then they go into the river or the lake and this is why they reverse the flow of the Chicago River mm -hmm. and send all that fun stuff to St. Louis as opposed to into Lake Michigan, which is their drinking water supply. So there's that little two cents there. There's a whole book about it. It's great. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so then you did that for four years. Correct. Yes. And, and then what? And then, How did you get back here? Well, we were talking about starting a family. And we're like, how do you manage the Chicago machine and like hmm not in finance you don't quite have that bankroll <laughs> uh and then we were looking at condos and we came to visit friends in madison we saw an open house we're like well let's explore something that we can't afford in madison and we walked into this house and we're like this house is great it's by the lake it's by a park mm -hmm. it's the same price as all the really expensive condos we're looking at in <laughs> Chicago that give us eight square feet of porch as our yeah. outdoor space. And so we bought a house. Yeah. Okay. In Madison. In Madison. And I was still working for the civil engineering firm that did not have an office in Madison, but they had one in Milwaukee. So then I was commuting to Milwaukee three days a week and working from home, wow. you know, cutting edge of our telework world that we live in now. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. You were on the forefront. Yeah. <laughs> So that, that worked until uh, our son arrived, mm -hmm. and then I was like, oh, it is really hard to be in Milwaukee three days a week mm -hmm. with a six-week-old. Yeah. And so then I started to more actively explore the, uh, the local job scene. And? Took a brief stint at the Capital Area Regional Planning Commission. Nice. Um, and then, you know, that, that job was okay. Had some some good and some bad, and as then, any job would. And then there was an opening for a water resource specialist at the city of Madison, mm -hmm. and I knew the person that had worked there before. I had always I'd known of the great work that she was doing. I was like, I think 
I think that's worth it. So threw my hat into the, the ring and there were over a hundred people that they interviewed for that. Holy and moly. Somehow I came out on top. And here we have <laughs> is Phil. So that Phil. is a long-winded, uh, over-detailed saga of how I ended up in the City of Madison Engineering <laughs> Department. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, my gosh. You know, I didn't realize you were so smelly. I mean, I didn't realize that you really <laughs> liked You did a lot of work with th through that. Um, but I am just how lucky we are to have someone so... Um, I don't know, just experienced in all those areas and, you know, big city ideas you're aware of and that perspective and, you know, coming here and, you know, that that's what this this is all about. You know, what this new segment is all about is to share. So um, if you had some advice or things you learned or you think you should, if somebody's looking to get into this sort of position that you have now, there anything you could have gone without or gone with or or changed in your in your course um your journey i think i would have or should have asked more questions while i was an intern at the usgs right like what like you know how how people got to their position there sure um opportunities that they know of you know firms that they had contacts with i didn't realize how important that network was as, you know, 21-year-old Phil did not quite understand that. And also taking advantage of your university's networking opportunities. Mm -hmm. If you are at University of Wisconsin-Madison, right, they have an incredible, like, job placement process where they bring in great firms and have interviews set up and you can meet and talk to all mm -hmm. of these recruiters for firms that are targeting the University of Wisconsin because they know it's a great institution. Sure. And same with, you know, MATC. Mm -hmm. Same, they have very similar process where they're, they're bringing in all of these, all of these employers. Mm -hmm. And that's something I didn't quite understand how that process worked as a young person and I didn't utilize it well enough. I was like, well, I'll get my degree and then I'll go apply for jobs. Right. The more strategic students, uh, already had their job lined up when they got their degree. Like they, they were, they just walked in the door. They're still going to the same job. They just get paid a lot more. Right. And you know, if prior to college, uh, what were you, were you, were you always interested like in high school and that sort of thing? Always math, sciences, all the things, or what were you, what was, mm. well, I don't know if we have enough time for that. So, high school so Phil. For, for me, it was much more uh, like, strong environmentalist like mindset right and sure. i was like well do i want to go be a biologist and it kind of came to this realization that i would i would rather be an engineer who appreciated kind of the environmental ecology world mm -hmm. as opposed to an ecologist who would continue to talk to engineers who didn't care about it mm -hmm. and you know just beat my head against the wall i was, I was afraid that that would happen so that's kind of where that guided me towards the engineering path and um, also just there's a need for engineers throughout our, our country. And I was like, well, I, I think, you know, the job security did play a role. Yeah. And I talked with a, a family friend who was an engineer, mm -hmm. agricultural engineer, oh, strangely wow. enough. He worked, he built tractors. Oh, uh, sure. 
so you know there was there was some advice from from him as well that was helpful can you share oh just like the world will always need an engineer yeah the world might not always his his view not mine the world might not always employ the biologist sure oh interesting okay that is interesting advice but you know there, there are, when you're thinking about your journey and your plan in life or non-plan in life you remember certain people along the way um i think in uh, that are either impactful for the greatest reasons or impactful for the worst reasons people you remember things that they say um this will be my last question for you um it's not on my notes um but you know is there anybody who really made who really made a made a huge impact uh on you that you can remember or something they said or a moment where you were like, I'm really glad I'm doing this or I really have to make sure to do this. I try to think if there's one, one clear moment. Yeah. Um, I will say uh, there was, there was a moment in, you know, in high school and in, in undergrad, right? I had always done well in school without really trying that hard. Okay. So you were just naturally <clears throat> smart. I, Maybe. I, was, I, I think that's a pretty skewed term. Okay. I would say I was a good test taker. Oh, good. Okay. And okay. I was good at solving the puzzles that were presented to me. Sure. I think intelligence comes in lots of different flavors. Okay. Okay. Good. Good call on that. Um, Thanks for covering me on my <laughs> statement. Yes. Um, but there was a moment at, there was a moment in undergrad where I just got it handed to me, right? Mm-hmm. Too much fun. Too much arrogance on my part walked into exams thinking they were going to be a little closer to my my high school exams sure like, oh they wrote the test for the best student in the class who went to every class yeah. and was really prepared for this exam maybe knew their ta's name right i was not that kid and i was like oh wow that's that i just got a 15 percent on an exam wake and up that was a wake up mm-hmm. and so you know i had considered I actually went and was like, I'm going to be an architect. I applied to transfer into the architectural school at the University of Illinois and had a a discussion with my dad. He's like, you know, maybe just take this as this opportunity. Like, what are they really trying to teach you here? Did you learn a lesson? Or did you learn how to learn? I was like, yeah, I think, I, I think they taught that lesson to me pretty good. And so I, kind of reassessed how I was preparing for exams and preparing for class and learning how to learn the information they were giving me. Mm -hmm. And that was a big turning point. Thanks for sharing that, that humble moment in Phil's life. It was, it's it's humbling to think that you got 85% of the exam incorrect. Hey, you know what? (laughs) I have learned so much about Phil in this 20 minutes. I... I'm so thankful you shared your story. I really do think, yes. And stories include humble moments. And, you know, you wouldn't be where you are today without those humble moments. And really, thank you, Phil, for sharing. Because we hear your voice on this, and it is kind of cool to see, you know, number one, who are you? Two, you know, hopefully that path and that, you know, that journey can help somebody trying to navigate their own. Um, So their blueprint is only a sketch. Hopefully this helps them kind of find some more solutions for themselves. Right. And I think the other little bit here is like, don't be intimidated by 
a title or a degree, right? I've heard many people say, well, I, I couldn't go get a master's, it's too hard. It's not any harder, you just have to spend more time. Like people can, kind, in my mind, people can learn anything, they just, they have to put the time in. Sure. And you have to not expect that it's, it's always easy. It's gonna be hard. Mm-hmm. But if you put the time in, you'll get there. You have to learn how to learn. Yeah. Yeah, big time. <laughs> Phil, thank you so much. Oh, what a cool way to kick off this new segment. Um, we are going to continue to feature more of our colleagues in more different episodes on everyday engineering. So stay subscribed. We will try to continue to answer that one question. How did they get that job? How did they get there? It's simple. Just check out their life blueprint so far. That's it for us. Thanks for listening as we're always here for you every day in engineering.